0: Hello, hello. My name is Mika, and you are listening to Talking Aging on Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM or coopradio.org. This recording is being recorded on the unceded territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh people. We are so happy to have you listening. Um, you're listening to Talking Aging. Welcome. So, today we are going to be speaking with Karen Wong about digital literacy and older adults. The importance, this is a super interesting and important conversation, especially now um, in a pandemic world and a post pandemic world that we're living in. So, enjoy. Welcome. I'm speaking with Karen Wong, and we're going to be talking about older adults and digital literacy. Um, so, I know you're currently working on a project at SFU with 411 Seniors. Do you want to talk a bit about that?
1: For sure. So, um, um, I, perhaps I can give a little bit of background about myself. Yes, so, please. Um, I'm a registered social worker working uh, in Vancouver. So, uh, I mainly... Um, I have been practicing in different settings, Um, for example, um, community, senior services, long-term care, and currently, uh, I'm working in acute care hospital, Um, so I mainly work with uh, older adults, and um, apart from practice, I also um, do research, so uh, one of the research um, I've Recently been doing um, is about um, is the project you have just mentioned. So um, the project um, I've been uh, doing recently is the project about uh, the information and referral um, services uh, in British Columbia. And um, well, um, there are different um, information and referral services uh, for different um, uh, social groups, but I would say that um, many of these service users uh, are ODIGALs. So um, the research project um, basically is trying to understand, like, um, uh, have an idea uh, what the information and um uh, referral service is like, um, in the province. And one thing very interesting is that, um, nowadays many of the information and also resources, uh, have been uh, moving online. And this is something, um, uh, it, it has been something even before the COVID-19. Um, but like since the COVID-19, this is even, um, a big issue because, um, many, uh, older adults, um, they are vulnerable to the global pandemic so they cannot uh, actually go to like service center for help so um uh, so, uh for um many older adults like um now um uh accessing to information and resources uh, online is even like um, uh, a bigger need so um what we find very interesting is that um uh, the first thing is that many um, ODADOs, they have uh, challenges actually um, assessing the um, technological resources. Uh, for example, um, they um, don't have uh, te- uh, technological equipment or uh, they don't have internet Or they don't have the knowledge of using the technology or the um, confidence, the comfort, the comfort to use the um, technology. Another thing we find um, very interesting is that um, many uh, of the, um, uh, services, uh community services have been like uh working very hard to see um how um they can work together um together with um older adults and also other service partners to try to um solve uh, these challenges and they come up with uh, lots of like creative and uh, inspiring um uh, ways to address the issue and from this study um i would say um Based on what we found, uh, we would uh, suggest that um, there are three different perspectives we find from the data. Um, The first perspective is the human rights perspective. um, Because like more information, more resources, more services are um, moving uh, remotely. So um, access to the technology now uh, it is becoming a need. So when there is a need, it can be interpreted uh, as a as a right because um, every right um, behind every right there, there is a need. So um, this is a human rights issue. Senior accessing technology is a human rights issue. And another perspective uh, we would suggest is the uh, no perspective. What we are suggesting is that. Um, while many different um, sectors try to work together to um, support senior access to technology, but one of the very challenging points is that um, these sectors they do not necessarily understand what each other are talking about. Uh, for example, um, academics um, they may speak uh, in a more um, uh, they may speak uh, a more technical language, more academic language. But like community services, they may speak from a more practical um, language. So while they would like to collaborate, they do not necessarily um, fully understand each other's language.
0: So you so, mean the pro- the yeah. programs either come across very technical? Is that what you mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, exactly. Like uh, some of the some of the um ideas come from the um, um. For example, like academics, they may have lots of like innovations they would like to put into uh into practice in in a community setting, they may have lots of uh, good ideas and they may have like a whole research team like trying to bring different innovation into the community. And they try to, uh, they hope that uh, technology can be sustainable. So they try to find like community partners, but community partner can foresee one of the challenges that like uh, while the um, research team is with, the community service and with the older adult there's no problem but it's very uh challenging to make the program sustainable because like in the r- long run the research team people they may not be here to provide the technical support um right. after um the end of the project but when they're trying to reflect back back to like academic like uh team they they do not necessarily understand like Oh, so this is the practical challenge of the situation. So their focus, their focus would be different. So one of them, they would be more interested, like, um, for uh, innovation. Another would be thinking from a more prag- pragmatic uh, perspective. So that that's what I means, like uh, speaking like from a different perspective and speaking different language. Mm-hmm. And the third. Yeah, and thank you for clarifying. And the third perspective we would suggest is that, um, indeed, like seniors, um, they, uh, and also many senior service, they have lots of, um, they have lots of, um, uh, um, strengths and also resources already like within them so they have been like building up lots of like uh, resources trying to um face different challenges so have lots of like knowledge and experience um so how we can like mix use things is uh, which is already developed uh, within the community among the um, older adults to to further uh develop, like, resources to cope with um, the challenges instead of building in something, like, totally new. Th- that's something um, we found like, uh, from the data. Like, many of the... Um, uh, community senior service, uh, they mentioned about that, like how we can make use of things, um, which is already there. So these are the three different perspectives human rights perspective, intersectional perspective, and finally, the, um, I would say, uh, the access based, uh, or strength based perspective. So these are the three perspectives. So basically, that's, um, yeah, so it's, it's a project, uh, we have been like doing like over a year but like basically these are the main points of um the study
0: yeah yeah i really like the human rights perspective because it is Mm -hmm. access to the internet is essential right and it is a human right Mm -hmm. and especially now we know how powerful of a tool it is to you know fight isolation especially now with covid19 um how do you go about targeting the population who can benefit most and who um yeah how do you go about that
1: uh sorry, I don't uh, do you mind um trying to um uh, further elaborate your question a bit?
0: of yeah. course, so sometimes it's hard I find to reach the population who can benefit the most um like mm. with especially with digital literacy because a lot of times older adults who already have the digital literacy um the basics mm-hmm. you know they don't need as much help, but it's truly the ones who maybe are the more vulnerable population or low income. Mm-hmm um or mm. maybe don't even like don't even have a device or don't even have internet mm. access at at their home and now libraries were closed for a bit like that kind of thing.
1: Mm-mm-mm. Oh, I see what you mean. I think this is a very good question. Um my um I am a social worker, my training, my background um is a social worker. So I would think from a different uh, level a perspective. So like at the most um uh at the, at the most um immediate level, I would say. Uh, what we are thinking, like there are lots of wonderful programs. For example, I've heard like program trying to collect like donated equipment. And uh, I also heard like some uh, very... Um, good program um trying to uh link up um uh seniors with like um volunteers or seniors with another seniors trying to like um uh do the technology education i heard of like many like Good programs, but I think like, um, the root thing which the society, um, need to realize is that, um, there, some root cause, um, are not well, um, are not well addressed so that's why um there are different like um challenges so one of the very uh root cause is ageism mm-hmm. so ages yeah so that's another uh, another level so ageism what i'm talking about ageism is that uh we heard a lot about for example we heard a lot about program about um uh collecting um digital uh, equipment for for school children so that they can access to like online education but uh, although there are also some similar programs for older adults but we don't hear that that often and another thing is that there is some um, assumption that like um seniors either they are uh, not interested in technology or they cannot actually pick up the technology. But I, what I would like to say is that, um, the way, the way seniors learning technology may be very different from, maybe quite different from uh, other age groups. Um, I will give an example. Um, when you try to, when a senior try to pick up like, um, uh, a technology, usually is that because they, they haven't, have a certain need and that needs cannot be um addressed uh through a non-technology uh, way for example they would like to reach out to their loved one uh living like far away and um, um but like um they, they don't know how to use the technology so they would uh, seek out for support but before that who who can they seek out for support somebody they can They can trust they may not be able to rely on their children because many of them feel that oh i'm i'm at a certain age i don't want to burden my children so they may reach out to people uh, in in the community but how do they get get to know these people in the community they will not just go out and say oh i need help uh, with technology very often they have developed relationship um, through other programs. For example, like, um, like interest group, for example, language group or. Um, for other things, they build a relationship, um, with these people in the community services or other seniors they, they met in the community for other things. And, and gradually they, uh, when, once they build a relationship, they feel more comfortable to, to ask for help for different things. And one of them may be technology. I want to, um, I want to connect with my, um, uh, loved one living far away. I want to use like, um, the, um did t- i want to use technology i want uh, to so that i can fill out some online forms they will reach out for help from those people so when like the government funding um, um, trying to given to a uh, different community senior service usually those funding are very uh, divided for example this funding is just for um, say um, le- uh, for immigrant senior learning the new language this funding is only for computer class this funding is for like exercise class it, it doesn't actually work work that way so how senior actually learn learn things they don't they don't actually learn they don't actually be connected and learn things in that way but if you if you think about like uh, for younger population they they may for example they're thinking i i like the skills so that's why i want to uh, pick up these skills so that's why i will take certain courses so it, it may make sense like from a younger population perspective but it, it's more it, it doesn't quite make sense in the context of of the older adults so so i think that so i think this not appreciating different style of learning is another um another um evidence of ageism of course like um some also apply for example the design of the technological product we rarely see although there, there are some product which are target um, for older adults uh, in the market but I don't see a lot and when when there's an assumption that the uh, the people buying those products the consumers are uh, younger um a younger people younger um, generation um of course like the the pro, uh, the uh, the company producing those equipment they would not like further develop or further invest to to invent like um products for older adults usually those products created uh for older adults are from from the university or from like um, university or some um uh, institute, particularly, um, they have an interest on older adult instead, like um, the bigger, like um, b- bigger technological equipment, uh, production companies.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, look how small look how small phone screens yeah. are.
1: Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So, so I think like going back is like ages. Some is a big. So that's why I was saying like there are different levels. At the more gen, like more more service level, we see the um, problem up from the surface. But when we dig deeper, we we can see that actually the root cause of the thing like it's is ageism.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ageism is definitely an underlying factor because it's treated like, like you were saying for older adults, technology, they just feel like it's not built for them. Maybe. So, um, what have you found? I know you mentioned like talking, connecting with loved ones. Like what have you found are incentives that for older adults to adopt technology and like, what's the first thing you start with? Is it an email address or
1: Mm-hmm. Um you mean like the the way to um to be uh, adopted like how the process of learning is that Yeah
0: or just for somebody who maybe has never gone online and it's a new thing for mm-hmm. them like what's in it for them you know why sh- they mm-hmm. might be thinking well why should i start getting getting a mm-hmm. cell phone or getting an yeah. email mm-hmm.
1: I think uh, so that's why i want to go back um in um to the to the, uh, to what I've just mentioned about the relationship, like the relational building piece, like it's not like when we think about why um, as seniors uh, reach out for, for support, um, what who they reach out to support may not, um, so, so for a younger population, they may think that, okay, I want to you learn something. So that's why I take certain course. But from a senior perspective what we find is that, of course like some of the seniors, they may think uh in that way too. But for some for many seniors, um they re- they mainly reach out to the people who um they can trust. And the people they can trust, um, sometimes they may not feel comfortable to reach out to family because they don't want to add a uh, certain like want to be a burden to them. So that's why they will turn to people they know in the community and how they know these people in the community. They try to um they connect with them uh uh, because they met them in other programs in other services. so so they build a relationship those programs those services may have nothing to do with internet or or technology or uh, using smartphone may not be that but when um but when they build a relationship they see that oh so these people are some some people who I can trust, I can ask for help, uh, when, when there is something, um, happen and when they may not actually go to these people just for technology. They may actually go to these people for many different things. So when I talk to many, like, um, uh, people doing uh, ICNS, Uh, senior services indeed like uh, seniors connect with them for many different things they uh, although those people their title may be senior programmer for example um their main their main job is about like organizing like programs but indeed uh, seniors come to them for many other things not just like um doing programs they may reach out to them for example you just mentioned um learning like i don't know how to use my smartphone i just got my uh, smartphone can you uh teach me how to do it. And I heard like because of the COVID, many of the seniors um they can no longer like go to um this uh community center uh, as convenient as before. So so those like what the um centers um staff or volunteers, many of them are indeed volunteers and many of those volunteers are senior themselves. So it's a peer supporting peer concept. Uh, actually like um try to teach uh, try to provide the education step by step on phone. I think one thing which uh, peer education um is better than like uh, it's hard to say. Of course, like there are benefits of intergenerational uh, education, but the good thing of peer to peer education is that like when when you are also an older adult, you can understand like the feelings and the challenges of another older adults facing so you can understand that um the pace of the education the words you are using about education um not making assumption what is what is uh, already known what is not known you will have a better idea so I, I just find like the uh, peer supporting peer piece, um, and you will have like, um, the patience, like because you understand the challenge of another older adult. So you will have those like patience and empathy when you are providing the education. But of course, there are many like younger people, um, they are doing amazing job, like, um, Doing like step by step, like education. I heard like somebody like teaching somebody just an older adult just to set up an account, um, so that, uh, that seniors can use, uh, soon, uh, using like an hour to do that, like step by step. But once, um, the account is set up, the seniors feels like good on, um, the senior feels that, oh, I'm not now I don't only know how to um, set up the account, but at the same time, I feel there's somebody who is willing to guide me step by step. So so, so it's that in that way, like a relational, like report building process is a very key piece. I think I see that piece particularly important, probably also related to my uh, training and my, my background as a social worker. I think that piece is sometimes like, it's often a missing. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think the main thing is trust. Um, yes. Yeah, and that comes out, like, with the peer-to-peer, and then as well, even with, like, intergenerational, it's mm. more about the relationship and the trust, and it is really, like, community building, because even if, like, let's say it's somebody who you only interact with and they do your taxes, but you really trust them, and then you got a new phone and you're asking them to help you set it up, you know, yeah. it's like relationship building because while you're setting it up, you're going to be chatting. It's kind of win-win. And then yeah. as older adults learn the technology and they teach their peers, like that's very mm-hmm. empowering too, right? To mm-hmm. to be helpful and pass on the knowledge.
1: Yeah, so that uh, trust and that relationship is so important. And I think another thing um, I forgot to mention is uh, the importance uh, to provide options. What I mean option is that I feel like sometimes when things are boosted online, it doesn't go back to provide the option of offline. For example, information is only available online, so the paper version is no longer available. But I want to mention is that um, learning and uh, uh, accepting um, something new is a process and you cannot just like um, uh, el- um, eliminate the uh, the paper version all in a sudden it would be very challenging for for some people who have been using the paper version for many years um, this is also the reason why like um, uh, some people say oh some older adults they are not interested to learn the technology they just um, don't they just hate technology but if you try to stand from those uh, a senior's perspective you can you can understand like um like the paper version i have been using for many years suddenly disappeared so I think we have to provide the option okay there is online version but there is also like paper version so when you have that comfort you feel like you are hurt and you feel more comfortable to try new things you don't feel against because uh, even though there are new things it doesn't mean that the old things will disappear completely and i personally feel that like uh, going back to the example about um the information provided on paper and provided online indeed i don't think there any contradiction for a person to have uh, information um, on both like receive an email and receiving uh, a uh, paper receiving a letter Uh, maybe the information is the same but you may use um, you may refer to the online version and refer to the uh, paper version in different occasions so there's no no contradiction between the two but when one one way suddenly disappeared uh no longer available it creates the chance of um fear and uncomfort um the um the the, fee- the sense of fear and sense of um uh, uh, discomfort so so i think like leaving the options uh leaving the options not uh, eliminating it completely is is also a very important Uh, thing, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with the options and that it just makes it more accessible because if there's, if the option to choose you know, whatever suits you better is, Mm -hmm. just adds to the accessibility. Um, So I also want to talk about like safety and security. Do you find that is an issue that comes up a lot?
1: I do think so. I think like there there are concerns about uh, safety and security. But what I think is that, um, I think like indeed many um older adults they they also have these um they, they are also uh concerned about that. They do have like that um uh competence and also that knowledge and uh, literacy. Of course like they're different level, but I what I find um uh very um uh, the most effective way of providing uh, that education is indeed for another uh, senior trying to share um, from their perspective what I, f- I feel un- uh, uncomfortable, what I feel um uh, not uh secure and how what I do to overcome that I feel like um when the educator of teaching like about the um uh, teaching about security uh, when when it comes from those people it actually increase um the reliability and it actually speaks to uh what like many other um uh, seniors they are thinking as well so those like education um moment is powerful again i think going back is like um is a relation and trust uh building thing because like um when who, who can you ask when you feel something uh uncomfortable uh, there are many many information now online many many information um there are many resources but um with uh, as a senior you may not have lots of like uh, knowledge on that who can you trust who um there there are actually many sources like teaching about like security as well, but which source should I like trust which source should I listen to and I know like in in the community there are many like um senior organizations um they have like um peer to peer support network and they try to uh spread out like education about security um uh, seniors helping seniors trying to uh, spread. Like uh, what I concern, what I uh, think uh, we should do to better protect ourselves. So as seniors, they um, feel more trust to to um, the this uh, these networks because they know them. They this are some people they can trust, and these peers uh, can understand them. So it works in that way. So I I think again like. Um, how we can, uh, better promote that piece of security education, um, bringing awareness again, like, um, the peer to peer relationship, uh, peer to peer education, um, is very effective. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I can. Com- yeah, I completely agree. And like the peer to peer, any kind of like training, the trainer learning together mm-hmm. is just super mm-hmm. helpful because it's, It's like relationship building beyond it. Like the using the internet and digital literacy is so powerful, especially now Mm COVID-19, like we're in a pandemic, not as many people are meeting face to face. So, and I bet Mm -hmm. if you saw that in long-term care, you know, just like Mm -hmm. the power of being able to use Zoom, like, of course, speaking on the phone is very helpful, but seeing someone's face to like face over FaceTime Mm -hmm. or whatever also can have a really big impact I think on someone's day Mhm,
1: mm-hmm. exactly I can um I, I can speak from my day-to-day uh practice uh, in in the hospital and again I I want to go back like um even like using technology you're talking about like um the the FaceTime thing like using video call um what I find um interesting is that um sometimes we may think that um Uh, seniors, um, they can uh, connect with family directly through phone, through FaceTime. This is the case for some of the seniors. But for some of the seniors, because of many different reasons, for example, uh, cognitive impairment, uh, physical limitation, um, they may not be able to do so. So sometimes they may need uh, some additional support to provide um, that piece of of help. And um, they For example, they will reach out um, to um, like a a, a care aide who they can trust, um, asking them, "Oh, can you help me to call my children?" Um, Or like they may connect with a social worker. I've been doing that uh, as well sometimes. Uh, Can I can I ask for your help uh, to to um, uh, try to set up things for me and my uh, and and my daughter who cannot come and visit me? I have challenging to, I have challenges even to um, dial the phone because uh, I have visual impairment. So I think sometimes Mm -hmm. that gap, like, um, needing that additional little help is not very well, um, People may not think like think about that, but that piece can be like a very big piece. Many people cannot <clears throat> stay in the hospital; they cannot connect with their family because of this reason, and um, it it makes lots of uh, it makes lots of sense um, as well. Because like many cannot actually, uh, many family members cannot go to the hospital because of the uh, visitation restriction. So so I'm thinking like um, that that gaps when it is not well addressed um actually the older adults may not be actually um able to use that uh technology because of that reason
0: yeah mm-hmm. so even like even beyond the ageism piece there's like practical barriers or like yeah there's practical barriers that get in the way that make it
1: difficult yeah,
0: yeah. no totally exactly. well i mean I'll we'll leave it we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was very interesting. Um yeah, I really appreciate you speaking with me.
1: Yeah, my pressure. And um yeah, my pressure. It's a it's a topic which I have lots of um passion as well. So uh yeah, and um yeah, it's a, I, I'm very glad to have um very honored to have the opportunity to involve in this project to help me to learn more, and I really enjoyed today's time as well because it helps me um to um reflect and also help me to think further about this issue.
0: Thank you for listening. My name is Mika Marsele and you have been listening to Vancouver Co-op Radio at 100.5 FM or coopradio.org. You can support Co-op Radio by going to coopradio.org and clicking on the link to donate. Vancouver Co-op Radio is only made possible by supporters and we really appreciate um, your support and contribution to public radio. Thank you.